about this writing thing, a bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, novelist Sayward B. Eller, and I am thrilled to have in the booth with me today a writer I've known, virtually of course, since 2019 when she released her first set of stories, Beautiful Complicated Family. Over the time I have known her, I have found that she is one of the most kind and encouraging and supportive members of the writing community, at least that which I surround myself. I am very honored and pleased to welcome to the show, Rosie Lee. Welcome to the show, Rosie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that we're finally getting to speak to one another. We've we've spoken over Messenger and, and DMs and everything. So this is a pleasure for me. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> me too. And across different social media um, apps too, which is odd. I usually just talk to people on one. But yeah. you're so special. I talk to you like on three of them. So <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Now, first of all, I want to, I've, I've said this in messages, but I want to vocally congratulate you on your book deal that was announced in August. You will, Thank you. you will see your debut in the spring of 2024, and that is called The Garden of Eden. Yes, The Gardens of Eden. The Gardens. Oh. A family of women, and they um, are the garden family. So it's, it is as you alluded to, a play on the Garden of Eden, but the kind of catch is the garden, it's the gardens, because they are, the gardens of the garden family. Very cool. And of you, Eden, Georgia. <laughs> of Eden, Georgia? Yes. Awesome, awesome. Yes. Now, I know from your first set of stories that you released that you really like to focus on complicated characters. Would you say that the ladies in your upcoming debut are, they fit that complicated, complex kind of thing? Yes, absolutely. I love writing about complicated characters and complicated families. And this family is a mess. (laughs) They're a mess. But that's what I think makes them interesting. Um... And so none of the characters are perfect. Um, there probably is one character who readers will dislike, I'll say, more than the other. I can't stand her half the time. Um, but even she has her redeeming qualities. So it's, that's, that's how I feel like humans are, right? Everybody's got something. And even when we love people and mean well, sometimes we just get caught up in, on things and make things unnecessarily complicated. Absolutely. And I have to say, I complain about this all the time. I read a book recently where there was a character who was kind of supposed to be one of those gray characters, but by the end, they didn't really have any redeeming qualities. So when I finished the book, I was just, I said, oh my gosh, I really just don't, I don't like this part of the book. It was it was a dual point of view. So I liked one half of the book and then the other, the other half... I need, I need, even my bad guys, I need them to have a redeeming yeah. quality so that I can yeah. root for them in some way. Yeah. So. That's how I feel too. And I think I was really surprised that I wrote one of my characters as 
someone who is really kind of the biggest pain in the butt. Um, <laughs> but I had fun making her a pain in the butt, but also kind of her, her evolution, that, that journey, right? Um, and so for my book, it's a little tricky. I really look at the family as the, the main character because my book is about a family that's falling apart. Um, and so it's actually a multi point of view. So you hear as you go through the story from each woman's point of view. Um, so you really get to see what motivates people and what makes them difficult and problematic. And of course they all think they're right. So that just makes it more fun. Exactly. And, and that's what I really like about a limited perspective because you're only seeing the world through that particular person's eyes. So whatever they feel like is justifiable or whatever they feel like is wrong, you're seeing it from their perspective. So you right. think, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with you. But then you <laughs> it get does to, help you to cheer for them, right? Exactly. But then you see it from another character's point of view and you're like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I've, that's, what I've, that's why I really... Like, I don't like to read omniscient point of views because I really like that limited, mm. just that sense of, okay, it, it just feels more human to me mm -hmm. to have that very limited perspective where yeah. we could be right, we could be wrong. <laughs> but who knows? Exactly. You get to decide as the reader. Right? Exactly, exactly. So how long have you been writing? So seriously, probably since about 2018, um, but for years, ever since I was a kid, I just always felt I would write books. And so, you know, life happened, school happened, moves happened, and I kept saying, yeah, well, you know, one day I'm going to write, one day I'm going to write. And so I would jot down ideas, um, and sometimes even I didn't know anything about the difference between plotting and pantsing, but... I would um, fill out like character, um, pro like personality profiles. And so in a way I was, you know, that's a writing activity. So I'd been doing that for some time, but everything that I wrote, I just didn't like it. Mm -hmm. But I think that's because I didn't have a plan. And so um, in 2018, I decided, you know, I'm going to carve out the time and give myself some time to really be serious about this. And so that's when I really start counting is 2018. But the truth is I've been doing things off and on for, for years. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. Like I've been writing since I was 12, but, and then I actually published a book in 2009 and 2012, mm -hmm. but I don't really consider myself as being serious in a very, um, as far as craft wise, I don't consider myself being that serious writer until around 2015, 2017. Mm. So we have all these years that we've been yeah. writing, but it's when yeah. you become that serious writer, that's yeah. that's when it feels like it counts. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. And it's not to discount all the other years, but um, because obviously they really did contribute, right? Exactly. Yes, but I, I really feel like I... Like, you know, got serious and said, yeah, I'm going to do it then. Yes, yes. Now, I already know the answer to this question, but <laughs> my listeners do not. Do you work full time? Do you have a day job as well as your writer job? 
I do. I do. So Rosie Lee is my pen name, as you know. And so my alter ego, that's what I call it. It's kind of like how Superman and Wonder Woman, when they, you know, people talk to them, they're like, they talk about the other person in, in um, third person. I, I do that too. So my alter ego is a physician. Um, and I really like kind of, you know, having a, this kind of segmentation of, of my life, but it does spill over because all of my stories have, have um, health themes in it. And so in my, I say day job, but it usually spills over into night times in some ways too. Um, I spend a lot of time working on health equity. Um, so I split my time between uh, doing health consulting. So helping organizations um, plan, implement and evaluate community-based health programs. And then also I spend some time seeing patients. And so because I have such a commitment to health equity, both on a community-based level as well as an individual level, I see my writing as an extension of that. And so that's why they're health themes, because I'd like people to, you know, kind of get lost in the story, but still learn something. And so that's really important to me. So again, when I said, you know, I'd been planning to write for years, that's also a, a part of it for me is I knew that I wanted to help people with health literacy or just knowing more about diseases uh, and health conditions. Um, Cause I don't want to just focus on the disease portion, but health conditions in general and, and health in general um, by, uh, by storytelling. And I think they've had plenty of studies that show like we develop empathy as readers and mm-hmm. we develop all of these kind of traits and these behaviors if we're avid readers, that's not to say we don't develop them in other ways, but yeah. uh, fiction does help with these. So it is really cool when when a physician can take what they know in their life and add it to this fictitious world that they're creating, this, this these fictitious situations. Yeah. And it just kind of brings it down to a level where we can all get it. And exactly. I think that's just the coolest thing. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, again, because I, when I'm seeing patients one-on-one, I try to make medical uh, terms as easy to understand as possible. But also when I'm doing my health consulting work, a lot of that is around health promotion and health education activities. So for me, again, it's really still the same skill set. It's just using it in a different way. Absolutely. And I get to focus more on words and descriptions and things like that <laughs> with the writing that I that no one cares about with uh, my, my day job. That no one cares about. <laughs> well, there's a whole group of us out here that care about it in your other job. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Though when I think about uh, the way that we write what's called a history of present illness, you know, when a patient comes in and, and your, your, your clinician says, so what brings you in today? And you essentially tell them a story. I always really like writing that story. And mine are mine are usually much longer than other people's I read. And sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, like you put so much in there. And I'm like, because I like to tell stories. So <laughs> I, again, it's, <laughs> believe it or not, I found a way to kind of still use this, the, the, the same skills. That's, that is key, I think, to having... I talk to... Um, I talk to other writers a lot about mm-hmm. what makes you successful as a writer. And mm-hmm. we all have our different ideas of, of what success looks like as a writer. And 
for me, it used to be getting the big book deal and getting the big advance and getting the movie rights and uh, the movie option or whatever. But now, to me, although I still would love to have all of those things, I (laughs) I think more about longevity and Mm -hmm. being able to have a sustainable career over time and not burning out, which is what I see a lot of... Uh, younger, newer writers do is is yeah. they they come in and they have all this passion, which is fantastic, and they're applying it to all of these different things like social media. That's a big, big source of burnout yeah. for us writers that I'm seeing. So where they have to do that because a lot of a lot of these are indie authors that I'm thinking of specifically and they do have that entire burden of publishing on them so they do it does seem like they have to work so much harder but we're all working super hard because writing is just really hard and publishing is really hard but um for me success has become the sustainability of a career and the longevity of a career so I imagine that with you having this experience and this passion that we all have to have, mm-hmm. I see you having a very sustainable and long career as well. Oh, I really appreciate that. I, I hope so. You know, I, I for me, it's like when, when, when I hear you talk about that, I it, it really resonates with me and I agree with it. I think for me, though, my definition of success probably is um, maybe comes a step before that, but I think it will still contribute to that though. Um, And that's just people relating to my stories and really enjoying them. That's what really does it for me. And so, but uh, you know, as, as I kind of said, if that happens, then you tend to want to write more and more stories so that people continue to feel that way. So then it does become something that's sustained, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the thing I kept thinking about as I, as I heard you talking about that is, yeah, it's so much that we're expected to do, or should I say there's so much that we're expected to do. Um, but I think if we can focus on the parts that we really enjoy – I think that it doesn't so much feel like work and we tend to stick with it. And I mean, that's common sense, right? And, you know, we see this all over the place on social media and, you know, on talk shows. But I do think we still have to remind ourselves about that because otherwise it really feels quite laborious, especially when you're sacrificing so much personal time and time away from family and sleep um, to write. Um, But if you enjoy it, it doesn't have to feel like work. Exactly. But at least that's that's how I how I think about it. Uh, I completely agree. I think, but I also think that we as writers we have to make sure that we understand that there are two separate um, beasts almost that we're dealing with. The the one that we love and we nurture, and that's the craft, and that's the creating the stories. But then there's this other one that is. Um, kind of angsty, the publishing mm-hmm. part of it, where we have mm-hmm. to try to figure out the business part of it. And right. that can take away some of the joy that we experience with the fun part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so It can't. For me, you know, my trick has been, quite honestly, leaning into that entrepreneurial part of my personality 
um, and really just seeing it as a business. But I think about it as I'm in business for myself. And what can I do to make my business succeed? So, you know, I was a little kid who, you know, like I, I had a little business when I was a kid um, selling, um, making and selling baby doll clothes. Aww. And so, yeah, it's, it's like so hilarious. No, I, I, I like love it. <laughs> Thank you. And so I, I'm very entrepreneurial minded. I just always wanted, you know, to start a business. Though I never wanted to own my own medical practice, though. That was never anything I wanted to do. And so for me, it's, well, I want to have this longevity. What do I need to do to best position myself to have that, to think smart about it? And so for me, kind of leaning into that has been helpful. Now, I realize that not everyone has entrepreneurial interest or any interest in business. But even if I think thinking about it from a self-preservation perspective, it's kind of like whatever you got to do to trick yourself into doing it and then, you know, do that, get it done, and then spend the time doing the parts that you really like the most. Absolutely. I am still struggling with trying to figure out the business part of it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point, um, I still have time to figure it out because we you do. we haven't sold the first book yet. and. Um, I am self-publishing a book next year, but I'm not sure when, so (laughs) I have time to try and figure these things out and make my brain understand this business part of it. It's just so elusive at this point for me because I've never been business minded. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's a struggle for me. And I'm, I always look to authors like you and another friend of mine who, are very, um, you can think in that very business frame of mind and you really know how to do things that will grab people's attention and it's really going to serve your career well. And I appreciate that. I have, um, I have another friend who is like that and it just, it, it amazes me. It awes me. It inspires me. So, uh, I just keep, just keep doing that. (laughs) I really appreciate that. It's really sweet of you to say, but I'll tell you. So I self-published, um, what I call a reader magnet. So I wrote, um, 10 flash fiction stories. I put five of them in, um, in a book and made it free on, um, via, via, um, pretty much I think all ebook vendors. And then the second volume is available through my website. And actually at first I'd also put that, put the second volume, um, made it available on, via ebook vendors um, for a cost. But I decided actually someone gave me advice and said, hey, you know, it's better actually they can only get it through your website. So I changed it and pulled it down. But anyway, I say that to say, because I actually just made that change maybe two weeks ago. And so I self-published that book in 2018, I believe. And so um, it really helped me to start learning about the the business side of publishing. But as you can see, I certainly don't know everything. I mean, it was just a little free book. And then my other book was like 99 cents or something. But it really still taught me because I had to, you know, pay for graphic designers and and find people on Fiverr Mm -hmm. to help me do things. Um, And it taught me a lot about even marketing and promoting my book. Uh, But I'm still learning things like you, like you just heard me say just two weeks ago, I made a change and said, Oh, you know, that's a good idea because I'd read a book that told me to do exactly what I did. 
But I really, again, just stayed open. And Mm -hmm. um, someone who I really respect said, you know, I really think you should change that. And I was like, you know what? I think, and and also I think that the timing was right too. So I said, you know, I think this is a good thing to do. And so just that kind of getting in um, and learning by doing, I think is so important. And the truth is with traditional publishing right now, there's so much that, that authors are still responsible for. Um, unless you're one of those lead titles where they just, you know, put lots and lots of resources, um, into, um, promoting your book, but that doesn't happen for most people. So I think you kind of have to go into it knowing that you're going to have to do those things. And so for me, just even self-publishing my little reader magnet, um, was helpful. So I think you'll learn a lot by doing it and I'm looking forward to cheering you on. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) You have... I think you have already answered this, but I'm curious, are you a plotter or are you a pantser? So that, no, I, I, I alluded to it, I think, but I don't think I fully answered it. I, I think it probably seemed like I did, <laughs> but I'm a mixture of both is really the thing. Um, I What I like to do is to typically know in general what's going to happen in the book if I don't I have a hard time writing it um and I think maybe for me just because I don't have a lot of extra time um I feel like I'm wasting time if I don't have some sort of plan Mm -hmm. so I need to have a general idea even if it's just I know how it's going to end and so I don't remember where I read this but um someone suggested just even writing a one sentence Um, description for each scene and so you know people who like use um, index the cards I forget what that method is called but you know that's pretty much what they do though sometimes they put um, they put more details into it but I don't even use index cards I write it out in a Microsoft Word document in my on on my laptop um, just a list of scenes and just a one sentence description of what happens and if I know more than one sentence, then I write more than one sentence. But if I don't, I just write that one sentence. And then I carry that over um, to my, you know, writing software and, and go from there. Very cool. See, I I just had to write an outline and send it to my agent for the book that I'm working on. And it was a struggle. So, but this, this idea that just write one sentence, that... That actually doesn't sound too daunting. <laughs> so. Yeah, and that's that's the way I looked at it too. Because some of my best ideas I've gotten as I was just writing through the scene, and so I don't want to make it too prescriptive. Um, so it gives me that space to be flexible and change things, but it helps me not to freak out because I have a plan. So I like to have a plan, but I think also I, when, when I think about it, I'm like that in life. I like to have a plan, but I'm also open to changing it at any moment um, and totally going off script, but I like to have a plan, even like on vacation. And I like to just do nothing on vacation and play it by ear, but I have a plan for playing it by ear. <laughs> <laughs> and it may change at any moment, but I still have a plan because I just feel better having a plan. So I can, it's similar with my writing. Too. I totally understand that. <laughs> and Oh gosh, I just got my um, I just got my thing telling me that we're up in ten minutes. So oh my goodness, time is flying. <laughs> I know. So we're having so much fun. Exactly, and that is why I love doing these because it is so much fun, and I just lose all track of time. 
what is, since we're running out of time, I'm just going to ask you one more question. And okay. that is, what is the best advice that you could give to a new writer that you feel like you could give to a new writer? Sure. So it's really just to believe in yourself. You know, so much joy, I think, is robbed from the writing process by comparing yourself to other people and feeling like there's a certain way that things have to play out for you because that's the way they happen for someone else. And so it's, you know, just get in there, believe in yourself, do it, and you can figure it out along the way. And it's really really just that simple <laughs> because so often I think we, you know, at least maybe it's, maybe it's just me, but we'll have the paralysis of analysis, right? It's like, mm -hmm. no, don't overthink it. Um, just get in there and get started and you'll figure it out. Yeah. And I think that you're absolutely right. There are so many times that I have suffered from writer's block because I have had that imposter syndrome. Oh, I'm never going to write as well as so-and-so or, whatever the the little insidious thought that gets in there and, and wiggles its way around. So I I think that that is fantastic advice. You you do have to believe in yourself and yeah. don't don't give up because right. what if you give up right before something great happens? Right before. <laughs> and there are readers who want to read stories the way that you write them. And so, you know, that's the other thing, you know, because we're all guilty, I think, of thinking, am I going to write as well as this one or that one? But there are people who want to hear your voice and the way that you tell stories. You just have to find those readers, and that's kind of that business part. But, yeah. um, you know, I, as I said, I, I, I think that part can, can be fun, too. Absolutely. And we have writer friends who can help us to find exactly. these people. Exactly. That's right. Because we really do need to um, share advice and share recommendations and support each other. Absolutely. And lift one another up. That That's the... And lift one another up. That is the most important thing. We, we will not be able to rise if we don't help the people around exactly. us. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's all about finding your people and helping each other. Exactly. That is what I tell every new writer. Find your people, do your networking, and everything else is going to fall in, fall in place. Yeah. And don't stress about finding your people. Just yes. go the places that you feel led to go, and you will eventually find the people along the way. Exactly. The exactly. Well, I am glad that you are one of my people. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm glad you're one of mine. I'm so glad we finally got to talk. I've been looking forward to this so much. Me too. Me too. And hopefully we'll get to do this again. So <laughs> I hope so. I would love it. I would love it so much. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to go ahead and end for now since uh, Zoom keeps, they have a countdown yes. clock and that always stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need any additional stress in life, so exactly. we'll go ahead and take care of that. But thank you so much for having me. It was really, really a joy, and I knew it would be fun, but it was even better than I expected. Well, thank you so much, and, and I will talk with you soon. Yes, take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Rosie. Well, dear listener, I hope you enjoyed that interview with contemporary women's fiction author Rosie Lee. As we talked about earlier in the podcast, she does have her debut coming out in 2024. It is called The Gardens of Eden. You can find out more about it and more about Rosie Lee on her website, rosieleebooks.com. I will, of course, put that link 
in the box below and I'll also link her socials. As for me, I am still working on what was the novella and when I finished it was a novel. So next year I will be releasing a novel, Second Chances, and I will also be releasing a historical under my pen name Ann Thomas later on in the year. You can look for those announcements and publication dates in my next newsletter and that will be out in February, I believe, February 2023. If you aren't subscribed to my newsletter, please send me an email, sayword at saywordbler.com with your preferred email address and I will be happy to sign you up. My uh, MailChimp has been a little hinky, so I've been unable to have both the About This Writing Thing newsletter sign up and my Say Word BLer newsletter sign up on the site. So I'm still working out those bugs in the midst of having this back injury that if you follow me on social media, you are well aware of. And don't forget about this writing thing is debuting its very own newsletter in February 2023. It will have publishing advice, querying advice, writing advice, just writing life stories from other authors, not just me. If you're interested, go to my website and sign up for that newsletter. It will go out in February. I already have several articles lined up from some really talented writers that I am very excited to share with you. And if you're interested in seeing your work in the About This Writing Thing newsletter, you can go to the website and view the submission guidelines. I will leave all that information below. Thank you so much for listening for hanging out with me for 30 minutes and hanging out with Rosie Lee for 27 minutes. <laughs> and um, we'll see you again in two weeks when Colleen Young is in the booth. Until then, I hope that you will take care, keep writing, and have a wonderful holiday.